What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Seize Life's Moments podcast. I'm your host, Melissa. On the very first episode of the season, we will review the basics of epilepsy. I'll be talking about what epilepsy is, the history of epilepsy, answering questions like what are the causes, treatment options, and what you should do next when you are officially diagnosed with epilepsy. This episode is for everyone, whether you are newly diagnosed, have had it for years, or if you are curious about epilepsy and seizures. Also, this episode may help you be better prepared in case someone has a seizure around you. Okay, let's dive right into it. one way or another, we've all heard of seizures. Some of you may have seen them in real life or in a movie scene. Maybe you experience them yourselves or you have a loved one that does. Today, we're going to get to the bottom of what exactly a seizure is and more importantly, what is epilepsy? Let's begin with the basics of epilepsy. Epilepsy is a neurological disorder which affects the brain and the nervous system. Epilepsy is so much more common than you think. It is the fourth most common neurological disorder, the first being Alzheimer's, Bell's palsy, and cerebral palsy. 3.4 million Americans live with epilepsy, and 1 in 26 people will develop epilepsy at some point in their life at any age. Imagine that if you were in a room that had 30 people in the room, there is one person who has epilepsy. Now, you might be asking, what is a seizure? If you've seen them in a movie scene, it's that scene when a person starts jerking or convulsing violently. Then everyone rushes to that person having the seizure. They hold them down. They panic. They call 911. Yes, that is a seizure. Seizures are caused by these surges or bursts of abnormal electrical activity in the brain. We have billions of nerve cells in the brain called neurons, and they communicate with each other. These neurons control everything we do, how we think, how we feel, and how we move. But if these neurons are abnormal and are rapidly misfiring, it interrupts the normal connection between the neurons in the brain, which causes a seizure. During the seizure, the brain is trying to send normal messages, but it gets temporarily interrupted. Basically, it is like an electric storm happening in the brain, and this electric storm is the seizure. Seizures are very unpredictable. You don't know when they will happen. It could be in your sleep, during the day, at certain times, you just don't know. Once the seizure storm starts, you can't stop it. You have to let the storm run its course. Some seizure storms last 30 seconds to 5 minutes. Some storms are harmless and barely noticeable, while some can be life-threatening. 
If the seizure lasts more than five minutes, this requires emergency treatment, so you or someone must call 911. These seizure storms happen in different parts of the brain. Here is a great way to think about it. Flash back to your ninth grade anatomy class, and you're seeing a picture of the brain that is divided into two halves, the left and the right. They are known as hemispheres. Each hemisphere provides a different function in your body. The right hemisphere controls the left side of your body, and it does tasks that have to do with logic, such as science and mathematics. The left hemisphere controls the right side of your body and does tasks that have to do with creativity. Each hemisphere has four lobes, frontal, parietal, temporal, and occipital. Each lobe functions differently. The frontal lobe is important for cognitive skills, such as memory, language, speech, problem solving, and control movements. The parietal lobe processes information about temperature, taste, touch, and movement. The occipital lobe is primarily responsible for vision. The temporal lobe has to do with memories, integrating them with sensations of taste, sound, sight, and touch. So what you need to know is that when someone has a seizure, it's usually coming from one of these four areas. By understanding how these lobes work is important to understand how seizures work and what the effects are. In my situation, my seizures are coming from my frontal lobe. What that means is that when I have a seizure, the storm's electrical activity is coming from my right side of the frontal lobe area in the brain. And when my seizure storm progresses, my uncontrolled motor movements happen on the left side of my body. So my left arm flings up, my left side of my face is twitching. Sometimes I feel tingling on my left side of my face or my leg or my left foot. The types of seizures really depend on where the seizures occur in which part of the brain hemisphere. There are about 40 different types of seizures, which we will go over in the next episode. Spoiler alert, not all seizures are jerking or convulsing. There are seizure types where you may feel numbness, tingling in your body, or altered awareness, and sometimes blank staring. Now we know what epilepsy is and what seizures are, so let's go over the history of epilepsy. For starters, the word epilepsy is derived from the Greek word epilepsia, which means to take hold of or to seize. In 18,000 BC, people thought that epilepsy is associated with the divine. There are biblical references in St. Mark's Gospel that led to the belief from Greek and Latin priests that epileptics were demons or possessed. This belief was common, and people came up with names for epilepsy like the sacred disease, which meant that gods or spirits were involved in seizures, Another name was the falling sickness, like epileptics were possessed by demons, and these evil demons seized the person. But the Greek father of medicine named Hippocrates rejected this idea that epilepsy was caused by spirits. He believed that epilepsy was a medical problem that was originating from the brain. 
He was the first person to credit epilepsy as a disease rather than the belief of spirits. He wrote a book on it called On the Sacred Disease. Instead of referring the name to the sacred disease, he actually used the term great disease. Despite Hippocrates' work in medicine, people still believe that evil spirits were involved in epilepsy and seizures. From the late 1400s until the time of the Salem witch trials, epilepsy was associated with witch hunt. If you had seizures, it was believed that you were a witch. In the Salem witch trials, many people were burned and some included people with epilepsy. In the 15th century, St. Valentine was widely known as the patron of lovers, hence St. Valentine's Day. But he is also considered the patron saint of epilepsy. He helped people with epilepsy in those ancient times. In the 19th century, scientists and doctors started researching and understanding epilepsy as a medical disease. They finally were trying to overtake the superstition of epilepsy. In 1857, Sir Charles introduced the world's first effective anti-epilepsy drug that became widely used in Europe and North America. But despite the evolving modern treatment for epilepsy, there was still a lot of confusion about what epilepsy is. Where are the seizures coming from? Because seizures are scary. Back then, there was not a lot of scientific research or technology that we have today to prove that epilepsy is a medical disorder. With nothing substantial to medically prove, epilepsy stigmas were carried over into legislation. In 1895, people with epilepsy were not allowed to get married. Connecticut was the first state to prohibit marriage for people with epilepsy. The minimum prison sentence would be three years. Sixteen other states followed this rule of people with epilepsy not getting married. And in 1956, this law was slowly being abolished in all states. But the last state to repeal the marriage law was in 1980. Okay, now we are in 1921. The ketogenic diet was introduced to treat children with epilepsy, a non-pharmaceutical treatment approach. It is a low-carbohydrate and high-fat diet, and it has been very, very popular in the last 5 to 10 years. The interesting thing here is that a lot of people don't know the keto diet was created to control seizures in children. It also helps adults with epilepsy, and to today, it is still a viable option to help treat seizures at any age. In 1968, the Epilepsy Foundation of America was founded, serving people with epilepsy. They are a well-known organization who advocates on behalf of the people living with epilepsy to help overcome the challenges of this disorder. Later that year, they hosted the first ever Epilepsy Awareness Month in November. Now, November is officially the Epilepsy Awareness Month. It is an important month for people with epilepsy because everyone around the world celebrates and raises awareness. Back then, it was also difficult to find a job for people with epilepsy. That changed in 1990. President George Bush Sr. signed the Americans with Disabilities Act, the ADA, which prohibits discrimination and guarantees that people with disabilities have the same opportunities as everyone else. 
It was the world's first comprehensive declaration of equality for people with disabilities. And this included people with epilepsy. To name a few other disabilities, it also included blindness, bipolar, HIV, cancer, autism, and more. An interesting fact is that a senator named Tony Coelho, who has epilepsy, was the primary sponsor for the ADA and is currently on the board of directors for the Epilepsy Foundation. We are now in the 2000s. In 2003, the United States Congress passed a resolution recognizing Epilepsy Awareness Month nationwide in November to increase epilepsy awareness. So you know every disorder or disease has a ribbon color to increase awareness? Like pink is the color for breast cancer, blue is the color for autism. Well, the color for epilepsy is purple, and this is why. On March 26, 2008, a nine-year-old Canadian girl felt that she was alone when it came to her epilepsy. With the Canadian Epilepsy Awareness Month being in March, she wrote to her parliament members encouraging them to wear purple on March 26th in support of her and other Canadians with epilepsy. Since then, purple is the color of epilepsy awareness. But also, Purple Day is celebrated on March 26th every year worldwide in support of people with epilepsy. I mean, throughout the years, we've made significant progress on obtaining the real facts about epilepsy instead of believing that people with epilepsy are insane and possessed. We know today that seizures happen in the brain, and they are backed by science, technology, and clinical research. We are not those people from the exorcist movies, and we are allowed to get married by law. However, it is unfortunate to see that there are still epilepsy misconceptions in our society today. So now you are caught up on the history of epilepsy. You're probably wondering, what are the causes of epilepsy and seizures? Well, the rule of thumb is if you have more than two unprovoked seizures, you are considered to have epilepsy. There are many possible causes for epilepsy. This can include an imbalance of neurotransmitters, a brain tumor, a traumatic brain damage from an illness or injury. If you experience a loss of oxygen at birth, it may damage the electrical system in the brain. And it can also be genetic. But two out of three people, the cause is unknown, like myself. There is no cure for epilepsy, but there are a lot of treatment options available, including anticonvulsant medications, surgery, brain devices, or non-pharmaceutical treatment like the ketogenic diet or CBD. After being diagnosed with epilepsy, there is no playbook or guidelines to live your life with epilepsy. Most of us are still figuring it out day by day. Depending on your type of epilepsy, some of these treatment options can work. But for most of us, we still have seizures from time to time. A day in the life of someone with epilepsy is this. When diagnosed, we don't know when the next seizure will come. We have to rely on medications or other treatments that are available. It might take months, years to find the right drug cocktail to control seizures. 
but trying different medications can come with many different side effects like weight gain or weight loss, blurred vision, drowsiness, loss of balance, and more. Then we have to adjust the medications into our daily routine. Then we feel like we lose our independence. A lot of us can't drive and are not supposed to drive. And some of us can't work. If we do have a job, coming into work the next day after having a seizure is really tough. The day after a seizure feels like the worst hangover of your life. Combined with the flu, food poisoning, sore muscles, sore throat, and memory loss. We manage to get through the day. Overall, life changes and it's really important to adjust our lifestyle and daily routines to improve the overall quality of life. That is a glimpse of what the day in the life is like for someone living with epilepsy. Well, we went through a lot of interesting and important information about epilepsy. But I want to share what is the most important for people with epilepsy, and that is to have everyone know the proper aid when you see someone who is having a seizure. First crucial step is to keep the individual safe until the seizure stops. Clear the area of anything that could cause harm to the person. Turn their body on one side. Don't put anything in their mouth. They won't swallow their tongue. That is physically impossible. Don't hold the person down. After the seizure stops, stay with the person, remain calm with them, offer help whether they need to call someone or to get home, and just be there for them, comfort them, and say kind words. Alrighty, that's it for today's episode about the background of what epilepsy is and what seizures are. I am not a doctor or a nurse. I'm just a person who has experienced many of these challenges of living with epilepsy. But here are some key takeaways in today's episode. One in 26 people will develop epilepsy at some point in their life at any age. The type of seizures depend on where the seizures are occurring and which brain hemisphere location. Two out of three people, the cause is unknown. There is no cure. History has caused some of epilepsy's misconceptions and myths, and don't remember to follow those key instructions of when you see someone having a seizure. Head over to my website, www.seaslifesmoments.com, to review additional show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Seize Life's Moments podcast. Until next time, signing off.